0: Hey now, hey now, hey now, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a brand new edition of Over the Line. We are back. It is Wednesday, the uh the twelfth, May the twelfth, two thousand and twenty-one. So glad you are here joining us. Thank you for doing so. We really appreciate each and every one of you guys. Uh We've had some new guys join the channel here on YouTube and on the audio podcast. We appreciate that. Trying to keep you guys as up-to-date as possible uh, the best way we know how. You notice I uh, went with a little bit of a different look tonight. Dropped the one onesie, went with a classic sleeveless shirt because when you do a podcast from home, you feel like you should be able to dress the way you want to dress. So here I am, dressing the way I like to dress. Nobody likes this, but I do, because it's comfortable, and that's what matters. Uh, A couple things to talk about tonight, and and I really am not a big fan of doubling down back-to-back kind of on the same topic, but I really feel the need to to do that today because this is such a big deal when it comes to the gas stuff, and there's so many facets, so many angles to this that really need to be tackled. Uh, And you know it's important because one of the big things I need to talk to you guys about that we're not going to be able to talk about tonight is the conflict in Israel and how important that is to us here in the U.S. If you follow me on TikTok, and I think I posted it on the other social medias too, you can see actually video footage from what they call the Iron Dome, the missile system that they use to block missiles and rockets that are flying across the Gaza Strip at Israel so their own people aren't hurt or killed or buildings destroyed or whatever. And it is an amazing piece of technology that was made possible uh, by Israel's friends and allies in the U.S. of A. Uh, And we hopefully will continue to do anything and everything we have to do in order to protect them from terrorist Palestinian Hamas thugs that uh, run the the country over there on the other side of the border. So we'll get into that because that is very important and and uh, an issue that's near and dear to my heart that I've talked to about talked about many times. But first, let me tell you about Vapor Forge. Y'all know my boys at Vapor Forge. I was over there just today. I feel like I'm over there every day, but I was was hanging out with them, talking to them, seeing how they're doing. They're doing good. They're just missing you, wanting you to come over there and check them out so do that 4673 highway 280 east right there in birmingham next to bailey brothers 205-874-9010 is their number when you go by there make sure you tell them you heard it right here on over the line and speaking of over the line we have our patreon as well i want to make sure you guys know about patreon know how to get there what we've been doing is is putting the link for the Patreon in the description of these videos and these podcasts. So if you don't really know where to go, even though I'm telling you it's patreoncom slash McLean who you can still just look for that link, click it, and boom, you're there. Three, four different ways, four different levels to donate: ten dollars a month, twenty-five dollars a month, fifty dollars a month, and one hundred dollars a month. You can obviously cancel that at any time. But just go to patreon.com slash Andrew McLean, who and every bit of money you guys send us will be greatly appreciated and will be put right back into this podcast to keep this bad boy going. So we talked a lot. When I say we talked a lot. We really talked about the disaster of the first three months, three and a half, four months of the Joe Biden presidency and how drastically different our country is today than it was just four short months ago. We have taken a deep, deep turn for the worse. And most of us that keep up with this stuff, that know this stuff like the back of our hand, and, and a lot of you guys fall into that category, you knew this was coming. This was not just rah-rah, my side's better than yours, or wanted my guy to win. This is, we know the results of, of policies and decisions made by the federal government and what the results are. We know what happens when you guys do certain things. History tells us the result of certain actions being taken by not just our government, but any government. We see it. We know, we know what's coming and here it is. We've got prices on everything going through the roof, gas shortages on the East coast, All the things that we were afraid were going to happen are happening at breakneck speed. Because I think for most of us, we knew these things would eventually be coming. We just didn't know they were going to be here this quick. And I think that's the scariest part. Is that if these things got here this quick, what's the next three and a half years going to look like? Because it's only going to get worse as long as these people are currently in charge now to the gas pandemic crisis shortage, whatever you want to call it. It was amazing to me to watch the media react to this thing because they're still in the honeymoon stage of, Oh, Joe Biden. He's such a great guy. It's old uncle Joe. Everybody's always loved him, And we're not going to say anything bad about him. We're not, we're not in the business of criticizing the president. That's not what the media does. The media is not supposed to hold people accountable. What are you talking about? I mean, they were for the past four years, but that's different. Now that the orange man's gone, we actually, we need to be friends with the white house so we can do what's best for America. So the New York times decides to do a little investigative reporting and see what it's going on, actually going on with this little gas crisis with this, 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 uh, this gas shortage. And for the New York Times, they seem to say, what gas shortage? What are you talking about? They literally put out an article talking about how in the wake of a pipeline cyber attack, that there was no hacking, hiking gas prices and, and no long lines at gas stations. I said, what are you guys talking about? The Times became the focus of intense online criticism Tuesday. Now, this is the important part, Tuesday. Today is Wednesday. This was yesterday. This wasn't three days ago. This was before. four. This is yesterday they were saying these things. They put out an article claiming there were no long lines and there were no rising gas prices or, or nothing when all they had to do was go to the gas station and see. But nonetheless, they put it out there. And once they realized how big of buffoons they looked like, they decided to retract that part of the story. No acknowledgement of the fact that they put that in there in the first place. They just thought, man, we can take it out and just pretend like it was never there. But one thing they didn't do is delete a tweet that simply said, Colonial Pipeline, a vital U.S. fuel artery that was shut down by a cyber attack said it hoped to restore most operations by the end of the week since the shutdown there have been no long lines or major price hikes for gas here's what to know (laughs) they literally left the tweet up and as far as i know let's let's hold on let me check let me see if this bad boy let's see let's see if this tweet is actually still up here Go into New York Times Twitter account and, uh, yeah, there it is, still up. Since the shutdown, there have been no long lines or major price hikes for gas. That's impressive, impressive move by the New York Times. And so most people on Twitter said that that's kind of an odd way of saying there are price hikes in. Long lines at gas stations. As you can see right here, uh, here's some footage out of Southern Virginia at a guy's local gas station. You see all those cars, long lines. Don't even see the end of the line. People waiting two, three, four hours to get gas. So obviously people were a little confused when they saw the tweet from the New York Times and said, what are you talking about? We can't even get gas. <laughs> All of our gas stations are running out of gas. But the media and the reporters that are schmoozing with the White House and their ivory tower in downtown Manhattan, they just didn't realize it because they don't have to shop with you peasants. They don't have to worry about going to your dirty 7-Elevens and your quick marts. They live their own lives in their own bubble. So it doesn't really affect them. So how would they know? How would they know the struggles of the average Americans not being able to get gas? So now that we found that out in real time, it seems that tweet is still up. From the New York Times. No shame whatsoever. And I guess props to them for sticking to their guns. I, I, I guess. Then there was this amazing report from uh, NBC that completely flies in the face of the New York Times article and uh, this is how that report went. Shortage is now being reported in at least six states and expected to grow. Stretching down the highways as customers wait at the pumps, the governor of North Carolina has declared a state of emergency. The station there running out of fuel. As pumps run dry and officials urge drivers
1: not to panic By We are completely out of diesel and gas.
0: But already, long lines and low fuel gauges the shutdown of the pipelines also putting major airports in baltimore charlotte and others on the east coast at risk of low supply but like uh, the new york times says it's not a big deal no no big deal guys don't worry about it there's no long lines just take your time there's no reason to go fill up no reason to take your uh your um, your giant water tanks and your gas cans out of the gas station. There's, there's nothing going on. Joe Biden's got it under control. But regular Americans see things just a little bit differently. And of course, of course, at some point, the media is forced into a corner to ask... The White House and the representatives of the White House, what exactly they plan on doing about it? Because once they realized that they were so disconnected, they got it completely wrong, they had no other choice but to ask at the press briefing, what exactly is going on? So the Deputy Secretary of Cyber Security, National Cybersecurity, uh, I, I think her name is Ann Newberger from the Biden administration is at the press briefing, and she's answering some questions as to what exactly is is going on and what, what's what's the next move. What what is the federal government doing in order to fix this problem? Not only make sure it doesn't happen again, but fix this crisis that we're currently facing. And this was her explanation. Memorial Day is not that far away and we're everyone's concerned about the gas prices. Uh, What's the timeline and when this thing is going to be under control?
1: Absolutely. I'll speak to the first and then I'll turn it to my colleague Liz for the second. So first, we recognize that victims of cyber attacks often face a very difficult situation.
0: Is is it just me or does this lady sound like a third grade teacher? Because that's that's what? or, Or maybe... Maybe the very charming villain in a James Bond movie.
1: And they have to just balance often the cost benefit when they have no choice with regard to paying a ransom. Colonial is a private company and will defer um, information regarding their decision on paying a ransom to them.
0: Okay, so, so well, if they want that they, they have to decide if it's if it's a good idea to pay these guys the ransom or not. They're a private company, so we're going to let them decide whether or not it is cost-effective to pay a ransom.
1: uh, Would the, the administration offer any advice on whether or not to pay a ransom? So typically that is a private sector decision, and the administration has not offered further advice at this time. Given the rise in ransomware, that is one area we're definitely looking at now to say what should be the government's approach to ransomware actors and to ransoms overall.
0: The government's approach to ransomware—that's pretty funny. Uh, uh, the the <laughs> the Biden administration is all of a sudden taking this libertarian stance of, well, Colonial Pipeline—they're a private company, and we, as a, a, a federal government, are going to let private companies make their own decisions, unless, of course you use the wrong pronoun for one of your employees, in which case we'll send the FBI down immediately to arrest your CEOs and make sure CNN's there to broadcast it on live TV. But other than that, yeah, it's a private company. I mean, we're just talking about America's energy infrastructure and literally what keeps this country moving. It's not like we're talking about hurting someone's feelings. Because if we get into that realm, then we obviously have to step in and make sure to put a stop to it. Priorities in the Biden administration. But it's not just gas. It's not just gas. It's lumber. It's, it's the price of everything. But lumber is really taking a hit, which affects so many different industries and creates a domino effect to then push the price of so many other things up. Now, there is a a bubble that was created when you forced everybody, as the federal government did, to stay home. There was only one thing that people were able to do with their money, and that was like uh, home improvements. So a lot of people did that. A lot of people uh, were working on homes, building homes, whatever. You're seeing construction going up all over the place over the past six to eight months. And... That increased the demand. Well, the supply had to keep up as well. And for the most part, it did. Up until recently, when policies had been implemented or even suggested that were causing the production of lumber to dramatically slow down. It was not because trees weren't growing as fast or Uh, you know, a forest were burning down all across the country or just a shortage of people just wanting to work for the lumber company, although a lot of people have struggled to get workers. There was something that happened in between January 20th and now that has caused the price of lumber to absolutely shoot through the roof. Here's a report from Fox 10 Here's what they had to say about the issue. This is having a huge impact on home builders.
1: Yeah, it really is Byron and Lenise. And this is crushing the profit margin of contractors. And in a lot of cases, they can't easily pass it on to their customers. Stephen Haynes, owner of Phoenix Lumber and Mobile, says prices are up 125% over the past year. He says that's the biggest increase in history. That increase is falling on home builders like John Howard, who says in 54 years in business, he's never seen anything like it. At a greater degree than I could ever try to tell you. Take this house under construction in Westmobile. These four by eight slabs of plywood cost $9 each a year ago. Now, Howard says, he's paying $32 to $35 a piece, and 200 of them will be used in this 2,900 square foot home. It adds up. And it's not just wood. Howard says all building materials have gone through the roof. He showed me a letter he got from a distributor informing him of a new hike in prices for metal framing. This is the third time they've gone up in the last six months. In fact, the second time this year. Howard points to another house under construction as an example. He says he got a quote for lumber in October of $35,942. By the time Howard got the plans together for the construction in January, that price rose to 45454 Then we got ready to have the lumber delivered just last week and now it's gone up to $50,963. That's a f- roughly $15,000 increase over a period of less than six months. And that's just the lumber. Factoring in all materials, he estimates the cost has ballooned by $40,000 since he made the sale to the buyer. I promise you, I didn't have that much profit in this house. So that's what's happening is supply and demand. Howard says the price of the house is locked in.
0: The the, the price of lumber has gone up over 280% at this point. 280%. It doesn't do that thing on its own. It it doesn't it, it doesn't just magically uh, go up in price because of nothing. What causes that are things like inflation. And within the next week or two, we're actually going to get the numbers from the federal government on the inflation we're seeing in this country. I do not expect them to be honest with that number, but you will find out very soon. Not only how much inflation is rising, but the consequences of that. We're already seeing the consequences, but this is nothing compared to what we'll be seeing very, very soon. Back to the gas. Last year in the state of California, a liberal haven where everything cost an arm and a leg. Last year, this time last year, gas was $2.70. Right now in California, the average price for gas, $4, over $4. What about Illinois? Another liberal haven. This time last year, $2 a gallon. Right now in Illinois, $3.20 is the average. And that's not just for liberal havens. That's for places like Texas and and Alabama, who last year we were looking at prices like $1.50 a gallon. And now, as you've noticed, as you've gone to the pump, you're seeing gases cre- gas prices creep towards $3 a gallon. Something we have not seen since Barry Obama was running the show. You see what's going on here? You see, When I say uh, the prices are, are getting as high as, as, as they were when the last Democrat was in office, when the, technically, when the last time Joe Biden was in office, there's a correlation there. The president doesn't set the gas prices, but the president has the power to make decisions that will set the gas prices. It's what they want to do. The gas shortage, that gas shortage, that's what we wanted all along. This is what the Obama, the, the Biden administration is saying. Of course, we want a gas shortage. The first thing Joe Biden did when he came into office was cancel an oil pipeline. And all he's talked about since is wearing your mask and make sure we get electric cars. This is the new Green Deal. This is what the new Green Deal looks like. If you're worried about getting, having the new Green Deal implemented, you no longer have to worry because it's here. They're showing you what it's going to be like. Our new Green Deal utopia... This is it. This is what life is like under the new green deal. This is what life is like under an administration that will attack the one thing that keeps us the most secure. And that is our energy independence. Look at the difference. Literally four months ago, we were energy independent. One of the biggest security blankets that we had as a country. We didn't have to rely on anybody for our energy, which is our most important part of our infrastructure. Now, we have a shortage. In four months. In four months. Then you see what's going on in the Gaza Strip. You see what's going on in Russia. North Korea is ready to start firing missiles off again. You think, you think these countries are going to be like, oh, man, America's having a rough time. We're going to lay off for a little bit. Xi Jinping's going to be like, oh, yeah, Joe Biden's having a rough. I'm not going to mess with him right now. Give me a break. This is the moment they've been waiting for. This is the moment they've needed that they've waited to capitalize on. This is it. These guys are excited to see America in the situation that it's currently in. And they will, in fact, capitalize on it. So as I said on yesterday's podcast, get ready. Because this is just the beginning. If you think the last three months have been fun, you're going to have a blast over these next three and a half years. That's it for this edition of Over the Line. Back tomorrow with a brand new episode. Make sure you check us out on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Andrew McClain who uh, helped sponsor the show or, or support the show in any way you can. We appreciate it and we love you long time. Until next time, see you cool.